The Blockhash Podcast is also brought to you by Viva Digital. Viva Digital has a team of experts that can solve the technological problems of your computer. They can also offer the best advice to carry out those computer projects that you have planned. They are located in beautiful Medellin, Colombia in Monterey Mall. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at vivadigital.com.co and don't miss any promotion. The Blockash Podcast is also brought to you by the Liberland Aid Foundation. The Liberland Aid Foundation is the humanitarian arm of the Free Republic of Liberland, whose philosophies of freedom, volunteerism, and charity communicate to the international community the compassion that Liberland has for the world. The Liberland Aid Foundation is a U.S.-registered 501c3. All donations made are tax-deductible. To learn more, go visit liberlandfoundation.org. All of the awesome audio and beats on the Blockhouse podcast are brought to you by my good friend Tiger at It's Tiger Music. So go check out It's Tiger on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Music. What's up, guys? It is Wednesday, September 9th. This week on the podcast, Roberto Infante joins me to discuss his new book, uh, Building Ethereum DApps. You can find the book at manning.com where you can use the special promo code podblockhash20 to get a 40% discount off of the book. So as always, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain and Ethereum and dApps. Enjoy. Let's start with uh, your background. Tell me a little bit about uh, yourself and um, how you got to where you are now. Kind of give my audience um, some familiarity with who you are. All right. Um, I'm currently uh, a CTO for a, a small financial institution uh, called Serving Capital. Uh, but I came here through a long, uh, I'd say, career in uh, computing and programming. Um, so I've always been. Uh, uh, passionate about computing since I bought my first uh, Commodore 64 back in the 80s, and um, and since since that since then I've always been programming pretty much. Uh, so I've, I've I've gone through I would say from a technical point of view I come mainly from uh, I would say a Microsoft background throughout the years. Uh, so I moved from starting from basic with when I was a teenager to C, C++. Uh, and then I pretty much started on .NET when uh, .NET came out. And uh, most of my professional career has been on .NET, although in the last few years I've been doing quite a lot of Python, mainly because I've always worked uh, in um, uh, financial institutions throughout my career. And uh, I'm... Uh, relatively close to to uh, I'll say financial mathematical software to perform risk calculations. So uh, that's where it's going. I mean, uh, in the last few years, uh, most uh, financial institutions, at least in calculation systems, have moved a little bit towards Python, also because it's more understandable for the business users. And so that's what, what I've been doing. And uh, recently, I've moved completely uh, with the, my current role. I've moved completely to, to a completely different environment. So I've been doing AWS, uh, so pretty much cloud computing, 
quite a lot of uh, serverless, uh, basically, yeah, developing serverless applications uh, with my team. So um, that's where where I am. Uh, as I said, I've always been passionate about um, computing, so uh, and about programming particularly. Uh, so I've always been reading uh, articles and uh, especially books on on the latest tech mm -hmm. uh, and uh, blockchain happened to be one of the late, latest texts uh, a few years ago so in that period i was very interested to be honest uh, uh, about blockchain uh i'd say the crypto world in general uh, i've been on and off uh, on it because mm -hmm. I was relatively interested um, around 2012-13 when Bit the first Bitcoin, I would say, rally came up. Uh, I'd read a little bit about it and then I'd say as probably it's happened for uh, quite a few people that have been, uh, they got interested, hooked up into uh, blockchain in 2017 probably they got a little bit cold in 2018 and 19. So the same happened to me back in 2013. So after the kind of crash of 2013, I lost a little bit of interest because I thought, well, if it's crashed, probably the technology is not there yet. So I, I got a bit away of it. And I got interested in other things, more machine learning, other things. And then I got hooked uh, back into into it when uh, Ethereum came out. So I followed it like from afar, like reading articles and things, but I never spent too much time on it until 2000, probably 15 started interesting because you could see uh, actually the platform coming up and uh, being used. And uh, that's how I started to learn about uh, Ethereum. Mm -hmm. And your interest, um, it peaked with, uh, I guess, with Ethereum, right? And the whole DAP ecosystem, because you wrote a book uh, called Building Ethereum DAPs, correct? Exactly, yeah, correct. So what happened there is that, as I was saying earlier, um, I've always been reading lots of uh, programming books because that's what I like in general. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, for, for this topic, I couldn't find much content because uh, obviously it was a really cutting edge uh, uh, content. There wasn't there was there weren't many sources apart from, I'd say, um, official documentation uh, that was anyway getting obsolete by the day, mm -hmm. and a few blogs out there. So I was trying I was trying to learn it. Uh, by accessing online sources uh, and resources, but it was quite hard at the beginning. So given that, as I said, I was an avid reader of books, so I said, well, let me have a look if there are any books around. There weren't any. And then I thought, well, this is a good idea for writing a book, actually. And actually, I wanted also to share uh, my, the knowledge I had acquired that, up to that point to, to other people in the community because I found it very frustrating at the beginning to learn about Ethereum. And I said, well, I'd, I'd like to read the book that I would, 
I would have loved to buy off the shelves myself. So that's what I did in the end. And I presented, so what I did, I, I presented uh, a proposal to, to the publisher, to Manning uh, Publishing, and uh, they, they thought it was a, also a good timing for the book because there was uh, growing interest uh, on, the, on the topic. And um, I pretty much collected all the sources I found in an organized way and I presented it as a list of content and the proposal got accepted and then since then, so I, I got support from them straight away and basically I started to write like one week later pretty much. Uh, the book took around 18 months, I would say. Um, I went relatively fast. Uh, also because I knew that I had to go fast because there were lots of people demanding, you know, that kind of book. Uh, it was around mid-2017. And then I was relatively lucky that the launch of the ebook came in uh, December 2017, January 2018, when it was practically the boom, <laughs> just before the bust <laughs> of, that, of that phase. And uh, so, yeah, the book was very popular in that period. And, uh, and then it kept up, you know, uh, throughout uh, the last couple of years. There is still a demand, especially in the last couple of months, I've seen <laughs> there's been an, a new spike because of, it, it tends, it seems to be a bit correlated as well, you know, you, when, uh, when the value of cryptocurrencies goes up, then the interest goes up as right. well. When, when you had to write your book in 18 months, did you have all that information? Like, did you know what you were going to write about or did you really have to like dig in and do more research? Uh, so, so, yeah, so what I, what I had in mind was, uh, I would say, uh, I would say the final, uh, I had in mind what I wanted to write about, which was how to write a back-to-back, -back, you know, uh, the app, uh, based on the Ethereum blo blockchain, but including every single uh, bit of the tech stack. So pretty much from the back end, the smart contract to, to the front end, uh, you know, through the UI. Um, so I could complete the app, uh, which is not what I found even later on, you know, th there's been more, more books uh, that have come up in the last few years and they've always been either slightly specialized on smart contract or just on the line on on the platform itself and um but so this is what i wanted to write about to write a full the app but i wanted to cover pretty much everything from scratch for any developer any i would say anyone who had some sort of uh, coding skills, minimum coding skills, uh, but zero knowledge of blockchain. So my aim was to make it completely self-contained. And in the end, I achieved that. I mean, uh, I would say I had a list of contents uh, in mind at the beginning. To be honest, I didn't change that much. I would say I cut out things that to, in my mind became more and more irrelevant as I, as I wrote. And then also I found that, you know, I had in mind to write around, around two, 300 pages and then it became almost double that size in the end because uh, when you start 
writing and you want to explain uh, the more the better you want to explain things uh, to the reader and you want to make it right. uh, as obvious as possible then the more pages you have to write so that's why mm -hmm. I prefer to be as clear as possible and to spend more and more pages on examples and you know so would you say your book is like pretty technical like it really goes into like the details on building an app um yes yes it is um uh, it is very technical although he he also explains i would say uh, it gives a lot of background on everything uh, on every topic I, I touch upon so for example so the book is pretty much organized uh, in uh, in four parts um, there are four sections in the book mm -hmm. um, and um, so the first section is where I just introduce um, the I would say the building blocks uh, the all the concepts they need to understand how to build an application uh, a decentralized application so it's basically blockchain technology, um, a little bit of cryptography around it, smart contracts, what's the Ethereum virtual machine, and then a little bit of a, I'll say, overview of uh, Ethereum nodes. Uh, all the basic technology, I'd say, infra from an infrastructure point of view, uh, that you need to know, then build upon it uh, an application. So. In the second part, then um, uh, I introduced more, I'd say, uh, the Solidity language because you really, need, I mean, in the end, when you write um, uh, a decentralized application, the core of the application is really um, the smart contract. So that's where I'd say one quarter of the book was focused uh, on and uh, given the solidity is a relatively new language um, so I decided to 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 also make it very clear for anyone who had just let's say JavaScript experience let's say um, and just basic programming so I went through you know also object oriented topics and everything pretty much uh, the whole language um, with no assumption of any knowledge. And then in the third part is where I started to get on, um, I would say, on the production aspect of an application. So in the second part of the book, where it presented solidity, I started to introduce how to write smart contracts. I presented various aspects of uh, smart contracts. Uh, not only of the of the language itself, but how you know the elements of a, a smart contracts and uh, how to organize the smart contracts based on multiple classes and so forth. But in the third part is where I covered also uh, a uh, a little bit the development environment and the ecosystem outside the developer machine. Let's say so, for instance, um, uh, I I dedicated some uh, you know some chapters to the Ethereum named services, uh, then decentralized storage networks like IPFS and Swarm, uh, then the uh, development uh, various aspects of the development environment, 
mm. of a professional Ethereum developer, like uh, the Truffle framework, uh, also a little bit of uh, um, some aspects around testing, how to test uh, your smart contract through, for example, JavaScript, JavaScript uh, Mocha. Um, and then in the last part of the book, I wanted to give some, I'll say, food for, for, for thought for people who wanted to, to, you know, to keep exploring. So I gave uh, an overview of other, uh, of alternative, um, I'll say, platforms like Corda, for example. And not only that, I also give a flavor of what are the, uh, I'll say, pitfalls uh, uh, when you try to use Ethereum for an enterprise, for example, application uh, that uh, is built on blockchain. So, for example, aspects about the scalability, uh, privacy, and uh, why vanilla uh, Ethereum is not suitable for, for being used for enterprise applications. It sounds like a, a good, really comprehensive book if you, if you want that technical knowledge, if you're someone that's a developer in computer science. Um, and for all the, the research you've done on Ethereum um, and obviously writing the book, do you still think that Ethereum is the best platform to build the DAP on? Because there is a lot of competition. Um, yeah, so I'd say Ethereum in the end is uh, the first platform that was built uh, with the purpose of um, building any general, generic generalized application on blockchain as opposed to a platform to provide uh, a framework to build a cryptocurrency, which mm -hmm. was uh, the majority of uh, I would say uh, blockchain project up to the moment, you know, uh, Ethereum uh, uh, got uh, lo uh, created. So in the end, although there have been a few uh, various attempts, you know, to replicate Ethereum, like uh, for example, Cardano, that's similar, but I mean, they're not innovating that much on the top of what Ethereum already offers. So they're just different flavor variants with different quirks. And, but in mm -hmm. the end, the real innovation was introduced by Ethereum. And in the end, that's still the biggest community, uh, I would say, comparable to the followers of, of Bitcoin in terms of numbers. But I would say for, for the development of, of applications, of blockchain application is probably the largest community. Um, so I think still uh, Ethereum can be also in terms of research and development of the core infrastructure is still the platform that is still seen as a landmark. So uh, so at the moment, um, yeah, I would say still Ethereum is uh, probably the best bet for someone who wants to, you know, to come into this space. Yeah, Ethereum's definitely been able to, you know be that juggernaut for dApps in the space because it was the first on the scene, right? It was the first one on the block to really do this and it's kind of held that for a while. Um, 
and it's produced a lot of dApps. Is do you have one that's your favorite or that you like, um, or do you think it's a good example? Yeah, so I would say um, I have to admit there is still not. Uh, we have not reached the point of a killer app, let's say, as an Amazon for for the web or Google, you know, or for the mobile like WhatsApp or you know. We have not reached that point yet, and probably that's why there is still a little bit of instability uh, around. Uh, blockchain development because there is a little bit of you know there are still high expectations on what what you can achieve with it but the problem is the technology is still not there i think there is still uh, a great deal of development that needs to be done in order to make you know the technology viable for day-to-day -day applications however i have to say there are there is there rather than that a single application i have to say there there are a couple of i'd say applications at the moment there are let's say gaining traction mm -hmm. and you can see that even from the value of some cryptocurrency uh, cryptocurrencies underlying those projects for example um one of them is link chain link mm -hmm. and it's about integrating um integrating off-chain content or data into uh on-chain uh, applications so th these are so-called oracles uh, that make sure that the data that is being imported uh, into the uh, a blockchain application is has been validated is correct and so forth because otherwise you jeopardize the whole uh, point of a blockchain application that is immutable when the data you know is not right so those are the kind of uh, that perhaps are gaining a little bit more traction in recently um, and it's because also they have to do with the decentralized finance that relies obviously on real data on uh, on external, on real world data that has to be uh, needs to be processed mm -hmm. in one form or, or another. Um, aside from that, say there are there are a few initiatives that try to improve. Um, I would say the limitations, the limitations of uh, of uh, the Ethereum platform from a privacy. An scalability point of view, the so-called level two technologies. Uh, so there are, I would say, two groups of applications. One which have to do with the payment and pay channels, and uh, I would say the biggest representatives of these are perhaps the Raiden and Micro Raiden applications. Uh, and then on side chains. So this is another technique to improve the performance of, uh, of the Ethereum, of any blockchain in general, but specifically for, 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 for Ethereum, uh, while um, infrastructural uh, changes um, are being developed at the core by the, the core Ethereum team. So around this, the, one of the main project is the Plasma, I mean, the Plasma technology and the, one of the main projects are Loom and uh, OMG. But I have to say that, for example, if you look at um, 
the recent um, uh, at the recent um, values at the recent uh, rally in uh, cryptocurrency they've been left a little bit behind so i would have expected those projects to take up a little bit more i mean they've kind of doubled in values in the last few months but for example chain link has gone like 10 times the value that had been mm -hmm. a couple of months ago so you can say where the focus is at the moment i think in the end it also depends on uh, uh on on level one changes that will be implemented in the in the next few months couple of years so level one uh, modifications are uh what is part of serenity and the new uh phase of the of the infrastructure let's say a development that is being done uh around ethereum i'd say another kind of exciting um innovation is will be around languages itself because although solidity is perhaps now the most popular language um in future uh, the, the target is to have um web assembly uh languages uh being native into ethereum so um so people will be able to to develop in c c plus plus rust or even C Sharp and Java in a second phase. So that will make, uh, I'd say, um, blockchain development overall easier for any developer that wants to come into this space because they won't have to learn a new language with different queries. Yeah, Chainlink has been really interesting lately. It's It's been all over the, the crypto news and it's way up there in the coin market cap. Do, do you know what's been going on? Why it's been making so much ground and progress? Um, I, I know that in back in July, they introduced a program to attract more developer into it. So they, they are rewarding more developers mm -hmm. and apparently it got quite a bit of traction. So the, the point is that you know, it's the usual chicken and egg problem where if you haven't got a mass of developers that are, you know, in your ecosystem, then it's quite hard to, you know, to promise that your ecosystem will be the best one. But they've managed to attract quite a few people into their ecosystem. So I think they've reached that kind of mass and the market has realized it. And, and now that the market is thinking, okay, there is uh, you know, some traction here, there is, uh, you know, some inertia and, uh, and uh, probably that platform can take off now going forward. So that, that will make easier, as I said before, to integrate real world data into blockchain application, which was something that was really needed to make a real world blockchain application viable, you know, because uh, although there are various applications that don't require much outside the input, uh, like the typical blockchain, I would say, case that has been put forward, like uh, applications which just care about making sure you have a public ID based on a private key and that marks like some provenance, you know, that, that was the classic uh, use case for blockchain. But then people thought, well, we want a little bit more than that if we want to, you know, uh, make this technology interesting for the for a larger, larger part of the population. So, 
that's why it was important to have a technology to connect real world data on on blockchain final question what do you think the potential use cases are uh for for dapps beyond where they are right now like how how can a company or or government per se you know leverage um dapps as a technology like what could they do with it um i think what's up what's happening uh, for instance i've been involved in a in a couple of um, project um uh by a couple of major investment banks uh but what what companies tend to do at the moment they don't want to overbet on it so they they try to do localized like proof of concept and they don't want, they don't even want to expose themselves too much on it because uh, you know it's like a bit of a poker game sometimes for for instance uh, lots of these projects have been uh, uh, have been developed in collaboration among different players in the same industry also to reduce costs because you know uh, there is a lot of experimentation needed for these projects so you tend to find that in this consortium that are developing real you know proof of concept that, uh, that would be used in one form or, or another. Uh, the problem is that you, you find that generally a couple of players that are really keen in, you know, in exploring writing code and so forth, and others that are just there just to see what's going on and uh, they take more of a sit back, you know, uh, approach and um, they're just there to see what's going on and, so they don't get out of the loop, but they don't want to invest in it, time and resources. So, so it gets, and sometimes these projects get to be frustrating also for, for some of the members because they would like more collaborative, you know, effort. So I would say we're still in that kind of stage. And I think it's because I think most players have realized that the, the technology still need to be refined uh, if you want to heavily invest on it. So I think we'll see for another, probably for another few months, or at least until the foundations of Serenity are more solid. Uh, still relatively, you know, small level exploration and perhaps more level to technology popping up. Uh, uh, so, Technologies that are just built on the top of um, of the current uh, core blockchain, um, rather than something completely revolutionary. And perhaps, probably in the next probably twelve months or so, uh, at the end of the next twelve months, probably we might see, depending on how Serenity evolves, uh, companies will uh, move more heavily into it because they they will have a better vision of what can be achieved. Yeah, I, I think we're getting very close to seeing a lot of a lot more companies and even parts of uh, government, even at the state level in the U.S., seeing more real-world use cases and, and applications. We're getting very, very close to that. Um, but for the aspiring, you know, developers out there, you know, where can they find your book? Um, so the book is available in Amazon, main or main. Uh, mm -hmm. it's Obviously, in some you know major bookshops, 
but on Amazon and um, every uh, major online uh, retailer, um, book retailer should, should have it as well. And also from the publisher themselves. Awesome. Well, what's a good way for people to keep up with you? Is it, um, do you have a website, a blog, social media? Um, I, I tend, yeah, I generally, um, for, for readers that get through the book, then they can, um, there is an initiative there that's called Live Book, so they can even message me mm -hmm. through the book forum. So once, uh, once you know, they've uh, they got the book. Um, in general, I don't tend to have a kind of a, a social uh, media presence uh, because I of a choice I made uh, mm -hmm. a few years ago. Uh, but uh, yeah, but I would say that's the best way if they're really interested. Awesome. I'll be sure to put a bunch of links in the description for the episode as well. So people will know, you know, how to quickly check out your book. And I believe Manning will probably give me some, some codes as well. So I'll talk to them, but uh, Roberto, thank you for, you know, taking the time to come on the podcast and talk about your book and your experience. So you've done um, a little bit in space and your knowledge. Um, I think a lot of people will find it very interesting. Thank you very much, Brandon. It was a pleasure for me. Well. <laughs> me too. Have a nice day. Stay safe in quarantine. Thanks.